Namaste, family. Welcome to Subtle Storm. My name is Sky, and thank you for showing up for yourself today for another episode. So, the the question that arises within me today is based off of the very essence that lies within the question, and that being, can we control our thoughts? And as you can imagine, I kind of was just thinking about what I wanted to talk about, and, you know, I have a million different things that I want to talk about. I have a lot of them written down, but there are times where you don't feel like you can pour your heart into a topic, even though other times you feel very inclined to it. Sometimes, especially when coming onto a podcast, I don't feel that. And that's another thought process that I just exclaimed to you. I had that entire thought process. And just even as a note, like the fact to which that we are able to even think is magical and I feel like we don't give that enough credit when we think about thinking right because especially in the spiritual world and in in society especially and in social interactions we want to kind of demonize this this thought of thinking because we overthink or we give too much energy to those thoughts or too much meaning or definition, whatever it may be, we give a lot of power to thoughts, whether we're subconscious or conscious of it or not. And I feel like that's where the disconnect of can we control it, can we not comes in. Because there, are, the, the simple answer to this question is there is no simple answer. There's no yes, there's no no, there's only this very large in-between that just kind of sits in the middle and like stir in the pot, you know, it just kind of depends on who you're talking to, who you're asking. And I feel like that arises between any, any question that you ask somebody, you get that thought process. And why I believe, so basically, I don't want to say that I believe that you can control your thoughts. And I also don't want to say that I believe that you can't. I think there is a very, very serene balance within the way that we think as human beings and in one way we are completely and utterly capable of controlling the way we think how we think and when we think we're always capable of this but where the dilemma comes in is that okay but we're human and thoughts arise based off our environment and our environment or environmental triggers that, that trigger those thoughts are based off of previous environmental triggers or traumas or you know memories whatever it may be which sparks a thought linked to that memory or and, and not even necessarily memory and a memory associated with an opinion like for example if you see you know something of the color green right and you associate that very clearly with some movie or something and you think that real quick you know and although there are certainly times where you're very zen is the best word to describe it you know you're not thinking really you're just observing and I'll get into that in a moment but humanistically speaking our brains are hardwired based off of the ways that we grow up in society And I can't speak for other ends of the world on this topic because I'm not in their brain. But in the West specifically, I know because I live in the West, (laughs) that in society we're conditioned to kind of think like this. 
you know, we're, we're, we're taught to have these memories, we're taught to associate different beliefs, to associate different feelings, different, you know, emotions or things, and, and then those move on with us, and even if we allow them to move away from us, they're still with us in a sense, and even in, symbolically if they're not, whether they are or not, whatever, we're still gonna think, even if we're, if we're not conscious of it, we still have an initial thought, but, what really we, we want to say is controlling the thought. And this is maybe a more spiritual approach is just to simply acknowledge the thought. And this is what meditation is really. So acknowledge the thought, see it, and continue. And to observe and maybe not think. If you don't, if you have anything that spark thoughts, then don't think, you know, not to say that don't think, but you're not thinking in that aspect. And you, you're going to have moments where you aren't thinking. And it's not to say that we're constantly thinking. I know some people are. And some people are, but they have phases that they're not. But this level of observation can be defined by some people as control of the thoughts. Because the more that you are aware of how you're thinking, when you're thinking, why you're thinking, and because you're thinking, then you can start to understand your thought patterns. You can see when they arise and allow it to flow and let go as if the thought never came up, giving absolutely no attachment, absolutely no power to that thought to where barely exists and is that controlling our thoughts really or is that just a a hyper not even hyper but is that just a keen observational awareness of our thoughts what is that can we control our thoughts or can we not is this observation a sense of control and In my opinion, I I have no opinion because I think that it's really up to the interpretation of whomever is the experiencer and not that we are the experiencer, but whatever we are experiencing, if that resonates in some aspect. But, you know, this observation is, I think a lot of people have difficulty in meditation. I'm going to use this as an example. A lot of people have difficulty in meditation because there's this stigma that goes around of, you know, you have to be Zen, you have to be at peace, you have to, whatever, clear your mind completely, completely have full control. And when I immediately think of control, that's what I think of when people kind of associate, you know, meditation or something like that as just being silent in the mind. But in reality, because there is in especially in Buddhism, I'll use this as a better example. Um, especially in Buddhism, there's this awareness of you know we 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 can't control the thoughts. They will arise, whether you like it or not. <laughs> They're going to arise, and whether you give power to them or you give them definition or you attach yourself to them is up to you. There's this thought pattern and things ingrained within us, thoughts that are innate or maybe not for your perspective who knows and depending on how maybe zen you get you can get to a point where you you don't feel like you're attached to your thoughts leading you to believe that or you're you're more observational of your thoughts leading you to believe that you can control your thoughts but that's another thought within itself 
that gives you the belief of, you know, like a lot of our simple communication, our perspectives is all a sense of thought. All of these arise from thought. Would we really be anything without thought in this life, in this societal and humanistic Maybe not even humanistic is the best word. More, moreover, conditioned, and you know this entire dialogue <laughs> is again. It's all based off of one thought that I had today, right? It started off as what? What should I? What should I think of? What is my heart calling me to do? The observation of the thoughts that I was having, right? Leading through them, following them. And that is not a part of meditation when, you know, you don't follow the thoughts, which you can. And that's another observation that you have is if you do follow that thought. <laughs> I'm going off on a million tangents and I hope that it's okay for you to follow here. But this is really the prime example of thought that I'm presenting to you. And that's why I'm being so completely candid because this is thought. This is food for thought. <laughs> All of them combined. This is the beauty of it. But you know, this all led to this, all that one thought that I followed, that I proceeded to put into action, became this action, became this conversation, and these multitude of thoughts, but I could have simply observed this idea, and acknowledged it, seen it, and continued to think of other ideas, or if I was maybe trying to sleep or trying to meditate or doing something and this thought came up of, hmm, what should I record later today for the podcast? And it's not the right time for me to have that thought. And I observe the thought and I see it and I don't give power to it and I show love to it and it flows away. Is that control? What does control really mean? Does it mean to have the sense... I mean, I guess by definition that would be a sense of control. But when we think of controlling the mind, we automatically think of silencing it. What Maybe the question really is, you know, what can we define as controlling the mind? When we say controlling the mind, is it really observation? Is it better to say observation rather than control? Do we get this sense of immediate control over our thoughts when we say that we are clear-headed or whatever it may be? But does it feel better to say observational? Words. (laughs) So many words and so many thoughts that are going into this one thought of can we control our thoughts? It's such a fascinating question, and it's impossible to answer, but incredibly possible with thought. (laughs) It's fascinating, and these are my thought processes. And it's so intrinsic to our nature, but it's also hard to define it as intrinsic or innate to us, because what does our humanity really mean? And pulling it all kind of back to this, this concept of humanity and our sense of self, or sense of energy, or sense of source within us, or whatever we may be, whatever you want to define it as, or, you know, God, whatever. 
the way that in the West specifically, I'm not I'm not giving perspective into Eastern countries, Eastern religions, because I can observe how they think through through literature and through observation um, physically. But I don't I, I don't know how they think. I, I have no idea. And from deeper communication with people in the West and observation you know, through society specifically, um, I can see that there, there is this this sense of controlling the mind or, or the thought of controlling the mind. And that, well, not even that. That's more so a perception-based observation. But just how the mind kind of, how, how it plays in society, I should say, like what its role, it what its role is, and by that we give it definition, necess- kind of, and we give it power, and that creates this this thought that creates the thought of this thought, that thought, this you know, it's it's fascinating, the human body, the human mind, the human divinity. The divinity within the source sense of us is just, there's so many noises happening and I apologize. Another thought. But like I was saying, intrinsic to the nature within the West, we observe it as such as being very connected to thought and very power giving to thought. Really? Really? realistically, we give a lot of power to thought in the West. And that's why, you know, a lot of people in the West have this specific dilemma of can we control a thought? Because we give so much power to thought that we want to be able to control it. Because when it's out of control, we, our entire lives don't feel in control. And this is an important, I feel like, key factor when in communicating within our observation of self is knowing when we feel overwhelmed by thought, to remember that it's part of us, to to observe it. We have the capability of observing it at all times. And when we become this kind of... Sorry, I'm giving you guys a little ASMR. (laughs) When we become this kind of anxiety-ridden or overthinking mind, we forget that we're able to, quote, control the mind. And and it sounds impossible to say that we can control the mind, but it's not, what I'm talking about is not control. This is simply observation. And where it gets difficult to conceptualize is in this field right here, where you're overthinking. It's, it's really so simple, but we don't, we want to make things complicated. That's the mind. The mind is overcomplicating life and its thoughts. So it wants to overcomplicate the solution right and man (laughs) this is such a paradox for humanity in that way as well like the fact that we can have we can have thought in abundance and we're not able to utilize it and we're not able to benefit from it and we but but at the same time we're absolutely and completely able to benefit from it there do you see how in general, and even in any topic, how many sides and polarizations necessarily, or perspectives there are within a topic, especially of relation to the mind. 
Um, the mind is so fascinating. Anything of the body, anything of the human existence is fascinating because that's the world that we live in. There's so much unknown territory and so much to explore within it that we become students of it. We become, you know, so curious of it. And something as profound as and as significant as thought within us is provoking in that way. And I'm sure when you clicked on this podcast, you even had the thought of like, hmm, I wonder what she's going to say, right? But if you see that you had that thought now, that's an observation that you just made. And I'm going to stop here because I don't want to confuse people. And I'm sure that I already have. It feels, in my thought process here and now in this moment, it feels very, very, very hard to, to explain and to potentially to conceptualize as I'm explaining it because of those thought processes. It's, it's a complete paradox in that way. And maybe I planted some seeds for you to further explore. Maybe. Who knows? And if you have questions on this topic, feel free to ask me. Ask your friends. Ask whomever is important to you in your life or who sparks that curiosity how they think. And allow them to be open and vulnerable with you about that if they feel comfortable. And explore. See how other people see the world. See, maybe validate yourself if that's what you need. You know, because a lot of people, I believe, need validation in, in the thought realm. Primarily because we give so much power to our thoughts. But when somebody else experiences something that we experience in a heavy level, well... It feels good. <laughs> and that's okay. And if you need that, you need it. But I think it's important to explore other aspects of humanity between interpersonal relationships or between strangers just to see and to to think. It's okay to think. And I feel like, especially in modern spirituality, people really want to not think. And, and, and that's okay. But why would you reject a part of yourself, a part of yourself that you can give love to, you can nourish, and you can provide for and observe? And that is the simple answer to any of this. Just observe. And how do you observe? Well, literally, whenever you do anything, <laughs> you're watching, right? Or not even like anything, but let's say you move your hand in front of you, right? You're observing that hand. You're not creating more hands because you're seeing that hand. You're not trying to change that hand because it doesn't seem correct to you. You're not trying to belittle the hand. You're not trying to make the hand larger, you're not trying to produce more, you're just simply acknowledging that it exists and that it's here, that it's a part of you and that it's okay. And you can do that with your thoughts. You really can. And it's so simple, yet seemingly so complex. But on that note, thank you for listening to my my somewhat of a tangent. And let's get a little bit of Oh, wait, that wasn't. There it is. 
a little bit of Be Here Now by Aramdas. Okay, that didn't look very well. Alright, it's another long one. And what is this place? Hindus call it the Atman. And what is the Atman? The Bhagavadam of one of the holy books of India says, The Atman, or divine self, is separate from the body. It is one without a second pure, self-luminous, without attributes, free, all-pervading. It is the eternal witness. Blessed is he who knows that Atman, for though he is embodied being, for he is, for though an embodied being, he shall be free from the changes and qualities pertaining to the body. He alone is ever united with me. This is the place of pure being, the inner place where you dwell. You just be. There is nothing to be done in this place. From that place, then, it all happens. It manifests in perfect harmony with the universe. Because you are the laws of the universe. You are the laws of the universe. Gosh, it's so crazy how every time, and I will say this every time that it happens again from whenever, that when I read a portion of this book, it always pertains in some way, shape, or form to the podcast I had literally just filmed. Well, I hope you enjoyed and that potentially you got a different perspective and let me know what you think. Namaste.